Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 122, niche podcasting for hundreds of episodes with Dave Jackson. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is an award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. And today, I've got a special interview that I did with Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting. Now, Dave Jackson and I are good friends, and we're also competition, technically. But what was that phrase we came up with once in Podcasters Roundtable? Co-opetition, I think. Grotivational, something like that. You can check out our conversation we had at podcastersroundtable.com when we talked about podcasting competition in your niche. And we've also got a Podcasters Roundtable coming up very soon. So Dave and I already recorded this conversation, and I wanted to approach him from the perspective of he's the original podcast about podcasting, and he just published episode 351. So he's got hundreds of episodes in a single niche. And I've been thinking about this and just really wanted to sit down with him and talk about how can he keep this passion for this art after hundreds of episodes? How does he keep coming up with stuff to talk about for hundreds of episodes? And what's kept him going? What's his experience been like? And what does he want to share with everyone else about his uh, experience and what he wished he'd done differently or what he liked that he did? And this and so much more. So this is a fantastic conversation that you'll hear from Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting. And if you want to check out the show notes for any of the links and materials and uh, things that he mentioned in this episode, then you can go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash 122. So Dave Jackson, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Audacity to Podcast. Daniel, it is great to be here. I'm very excited. Now, you host the original podcast about podcasting, and you just, as of the time of this recording, you just released your 350th episode, and you were... Well, so looking back, what was the actual year that you started podcasting about podcasting? It actually started in uh, 2005. My original podcast wasn't the School of Podcasting. It was a uh, – I took a newsletter that I was doing for musicians and I had already discovered that taking that newsletter and putting it out as an audio uh, kind of product, I had these little flash player buttons that I would put up there, had already increased some of the interaction with my audience and then I just had a friend of mine – that came back from a marketing uh, convention that said, hey, the word of the day is podcasting, and you got to get in on that. And at that point, uh, I did some research. There wasn't anything about podcasting, which is kind of hard to believe. Uh, discovered Juice Software and heard Adam Curry's voice come out of my headphones, and I went, wow, this is pretty cool. And so uh, in April 2005, I officially launched the School of Podcasting. So being the original podcast about podcasting and that, that niche inside of a niche – What was it like to be the first in the field? Because I know a lot of other podcasters out there discover certain niches that they can still get to be the first in their field. So looking back, what was that like and what, uh, how did that feel to you? And what do you wish that you maybe had done a little bit differently or what was that? Just explain that experience. Well, it was just kind of weird because at the time you had uh, Michael Gohagen was doing movie reviews. Uh, Michael Butler was doing like a rock show and you had Adam Curry doing the Daily Source Code and then you had kind of uh, Dawn and Drew. So there were only like literally like 20 podcasters at the time and we kind of all knew each other, C.C. Chapman and Marcus Couch. And so it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, you're the movie guy. Great. All right, you're the rock guy. Good. You're the, you're the pop music guy. Okay, Dave's the podcast guy. And it was kind of weird because you, you kind of thought that that was like you were going to be it. You know, I didn't even think I was going to have a bunch of people come behind me and take over and, and, and just run with it. So I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. So it was, it was interesting because at that time, we were all kind of behind the scenes connecting with each other, with each other and trying to figure out the whole podcasting thing. Because at that point, there was no iTunes. Um, some of us weren't using WordPress yet. And we were all just trying to figure out how do you do this again because it actually was a lot harder than it was uh, – Then you know, it, it's gotten easier as time has gone on. So we kind of all 
would say, hey, I just found this new thing. We're, we're using this thing for audio now and I edit in Audacity or I do this and I'm using that. So we are all kind of bonded together to kind of figure this whole podcasting thing out. So it was actually a lot of fun and it was uh, a very tight-knit community at the time just stretching across the, the whole country and the, the very first podcast expo was very bizarre compared to the, the last one I just went to because when people – I remember we all walked into the, the bar at the local hotel that it was at and it was like cheers because mm. from, from people's pictures. I remember when C.C. Chapman walked in and the whole place just went, hey, C.C. It was just – it just was that way. Somebody else would walk in and we all knew each other. So it was a completely different kind of community uh, and, and just a great time. So now 350 episodes later, you've produced a lot of content out there. And for people thinking about doing a daily show or a weekly show, I know there's often this thought of what do I do to keep coming up with content? Maybe I have an idea for 10 episodes or 20 episodes. So you've got 350 and it's not just content, but it's niche content. So how do you keep finding content after 350 episodes? There are a couple things. My, uh, my feed, I, right now I'm using Feedly. I was using Google Reader. Uh, I, so I have a lot of blogs that I used to – I still read. And I, I was going to look up the number. It's got to be close to uh, three, 400 blogs that I, I subscribe to, whether it's about podcasting or any of my different podcasts that I do. And so I'm always getting that coming to me. One of the uh, here's a tip: if you do a if you use Google Alerts and Google Alerts are simply something you can go in and say, look, when uh, somebody puts the phrase "podcast success" in a blog post, let me know where it is. And that's great; it'll send it to you via email. But it used to be in the upper right hand corner. You can also get an RSS feed of that Google alert. So half of my Google, half of my uh, RSS reader is simply Google alerts for different phrases that I'm looking for. So that's a, a great way to have content come to you. So I'm always looking at that uh, through the the actual members of the School of Podcasting. I'm always working with them, so they're always a great source of of questions and finding out what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. And then between that and you know listening to other podcasts, so I'll hear somebody talk about something and I'll. Uh, think, okay, let's go investigate that a little more. And then, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Yahoo, Google, any other place, Google News is, uh, I have uh, a page set up, again, looking for podcasting and podcast and all my, my key phrases that I'm looking for. So I can easily pull up a website and just browse through the headlines and see what's, uh, if anything that interests me, I always go with the basis that if it interests me, it's going to interest my audience. I kind of assume my audience is, is like me. So between all of those uh, things, I basically kind of take notes through the week. And, and that doesn't mean – there are plenty of Fridays that I'm going, okay, the show comes out on Monday. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. So the, those are always kind of fun. I do try to plan ahead. Uh, the thing I, I've done right now, I actually have probably four or five episodes from the New Media Expo and when was that? That was, what, three months ago? Yeah. And I purposely have not put out those interviews because I know there's going to be a week when it comes Saturday. And I'm like, okay, show comes out on Monday. I got nothing that I'm going to then go back and, and pull the Jason Van Orden interview or I'm going to do this or that. So um, I'm kind of pacing myself with those and, and keeping those in the can purposely where in the past I would go, oh, this is great content and just throw it all out there. And then the next week go, okay, it's Sunday. I got nothing for the podcast tomorrow. So, so what I hear is it's kind of exponential a little bit. So the more content you release, the more your audience grows. And the more your audience grows, the more content you receive to be able to incorporate. And the more the industry grows, the more content you easily find out there. It still takes work. It's not just being handed to you, but it's it continues to grow with new aspects and avenues. Yeah, and, and there are certain things I'm always looking for. You know, obviously, anytime I hear somebody having any kind of success with podcasting, I always want to know about that because there are plenty of people that go, what is this podcasting thing and why would I want to do it? I'm always trying to answer that question. Why should I start a podcast? So that's always out there. And that's where just that phrase, podcast success, takes on a bazillion different answers. Some people think it's just money. Some people, you know, it's, it's money. It is fame. It's being seen as an expert. 
Um, I just had somebody on my show that um, it was really interesting. He connected with his dad and for him, that was a huge success. So that's always kind of interesting in just what people consider podcast success. And then there's things like good content. You know, part of being a good podcaster is making good content. Okay, what's good content? So I've actually been uh, looking into things like storytelling and how to tell a story and, and for lack of a better phrase, um, what makes a good wordsmith and what makes you know, intriguing and things like that. And then another aspect is, okay, I want to publicize my podcast. Well, that's how do I get traffic to my website so they can listen to it. So that means I'm going to be digging into things like copywriting and you know, writing good copy and uh, SEO, you know, search engine optimization, all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, there's monetizing your podcast. So how do I make money at this? How are people getting sponsors? Uh, I just happened to be uh, – last week I talked about the stats from uh, Edison Research – and when I was on their page, I saw where somebody from, I think it was Clear Channel, has now launched some sort of podcasting advertising service. And that was really intriguing until I saw where all of the clients were, you know, Adam Carolla and Greg Fitzsimmons and all the other giant people with giant yeah. downloads. But nonetheless, I was like, all right, well, here's somebody that has found a way to monetize podcasting. So I put that on the list of things. Okay, I, I might want to send that guy a interview request and have him come on the show. So there's always those different aspects. It's not just, you know, what's your microphone and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's how are you making good content? How are you monetizing it? How are you succeeding or, or how are you benefiting from it? You know, and then there's obviously the nuts and bolts of how do you do it? What kind of software tools and things like that? Anything that that'll make it easier. And so those those all those titles and then throw anything about those into an RSS reader or a Google alert or you know just anything like that uh those are the topics I'm looking for and hopefully within a 7 day span something <laughs> in all those topics will grab my attention to where I can then talk about it so you've been podcasting for for well no my math is messed up 7 years mm-hmm. at the time of this recording or 8 years Eight years. Yes. We're recording this in 2013. So you've been podcasting for about eight years. You've seen a lot of change. And one of these things uh, you touched on a little bit was these big name people coming into podcasting and now more advertisers coming into podcasting. Uh, What do you see that doing for the space? Well, hopefully more people will be able to continue doing it. There are those people, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Because if you're, if you're doing it just for the money, you're not going to last, which in some ways some might say, well, that's good. It's going to weed out the, the bad people who don't have the true passion for their topic. Uh, that's a whole other podcast, I guess. But uh, hopefully it will help bring people in the fact that, hey, you're not going to at least lose money on this now and you actually are starting to, to make some money on it. And I see where online radio is now going up. So more and more people are listening online and with things like Stitcher and Cars – it's you know the the path is going in the right way it's just i think everyone will, will agree it's not going in you know the fastest pace in the world we'd like to go it a little faster um i you know i so i hope it will benefit the community i guess what i'm hoping on one hand you would love it to just you know hey throw me you know just giant sums of money for a, a sponsorship but on the other hand if it gets too lucrative then you're going to have people, I'm afraid, that would just get into podcasting because there is a ton of money and then you're going to end up with horrible content. So I know the, the good – well, the good news, bad news situation is we're not in that situation right now. So um, – but I think on the other hand, we do have – I do have occasionally – I'll have somebody who's getting into it and their sole purpose is to, to make money. And I, I say, you know, yeah, you can. You, you can definitely make money at this. But you're not going to do it within probably the first year, depending on your topic and depending on how you're promoting and things like that. But in general, you know, you better be ready to to talk about this for free for a little bit at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really disappoints some people or they just don't believe it. And then they get into episode six and they're like, wow, this is harder than I thought. I'm like, that's why I said you got to pace yourself. I can see this also bringing a little bit more maturity to the field because advertisers or basically companies are starting to realize that, yes, podcasting is a mature field. And so if they find a podcast that has 100 downloads or 1,000 downloads of a niche audience, maybe the companies are starting to recognize the value in that a lot more than just looking at purely the number. Yeah, that's one of the areas that 
we need some champion somewhere if it's Leo or whoever. And I, I'm sure he's trying, but the, the people that aren't getting it are the, the advertisers because they're still trying to pin us in as, as radio. And it's like, no, no, you don't understand. You can advertise my show. I can talk about your product in nine months from now. You know, that advertisement can still be in there. And that's just not the case with radio. And so they're finally, I think, the light bulb is slowly coming on. And I keep reading how more and more advertising dollars are coming to the internet. So, and that would be great because when we start getting, you know, major companies to sponsor it, that is going to kind of give us a bit of legitimacy uh, in, in certain people's eyes. They're going to go, well, he must be legit. He's got, you know, Nike as a, a sponsor or something of that nature. Then again, I could also see this really helping the small companies that want advertising out there, the startups and such, for them to think, well, you know, I can sponsor this podcast that has 4,000 downloads. That's exactly my audience. And it's only going to cost me three or $400 per episode. And that company then might think, great, we can get in front of exactly the audience we need for our startup for only $1,000 a month or something. So it could be a really ripe opportunity, I think, for startups even. Yeah, and especially because those kind of companies can move fast. They don't have to go through 37 committees to figure out, well, do we really want to take a chance on this? And to me, you know, if, it, if you're doing some sort of sports podcast and your product was for people that did triathlons, you know, yeah, you could advertising in some sort of fitness magazine and men's magazine and men's health and things like that. Or you could go right to a podcast about triathletes, you know, and to me, yeah, you're not going to be reaching that broad of an audience that you might get in a big national magazine. But on the other hand, you're now getting right in front of the people that want your stuff and that's worth some money. So then looking again at your history of podcasting, since you've been podcasting for so long, have you ever thought about quitting or retiring your podcast? And I'm going to assume the answer is yes. So that leads into the main question I want to ask you is what kept you or continues to keep you going? Um, well, I've had a couple that I have quit that, uh, you know, if you're talking just about the school of podcasting, have you ever thought about quitting? That's going to be one of it's. It's almost close to no, but what keeps me going is about the time I think nobody's listening, right? Or I'm not getting any feedback, or I'm not getting as much as I want, or you know, I'm not getting any uh, this or that, or for whatever reason, something will come along. Whether it, and usually it's a listener. Somebody will call in and say, even if it's just a you know a review on iTunes that says, "Wow, I listened to this and it really helped me." That's it. Six words or whatever that was. I'm in. I'm in. And I, I get rekindled and I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, so because at the heart of, of my podcast, uh, my background is in teaching. And so the minute I hear I'm helping somebody, it's all good. It doesn't matter how horrible it was to edit somebody's interview or whatever it was that was bothering me. Uh, it usually doesn't last long. But if, if things do become where it's just not fun, I've had a couple. I did a podcast about the – it was all about music news. And after about – I think I did that for a couple of years, but I just got tired of making fun of Britney Spears and making fun of, you know, all these different people. And it was just kind of the same thing. And I was just like, eh, you know, all right. And I just signed off and said, thanks for listening and, and see you go. I almost quit. Uh, I do a podcast called Weekly Web Tools. And I had all these resources that made that really easy. And I could, you know, say, wow, here's this great WordPress plugin or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden they all just dried up. And I, I always thought, and this is a, a mistake you can make, if you plan on using content from your audience, you're probably going to be disappointed depending on the scenario. And I really always thought when I started that, yeah, everybody will listen and they'll chime in. And uh, everybody listened, but nobody chimed in. And I kind of went to my audience and said, hey, I think I'm going to hang this one up. And they came out of the woodwork and said, oh, please don't. We hmm. are listening. Here, here you go. And so I wouldn't recommend that because – I mean, on one hand, yes, I got feedback, but uh, looking back, that was one episode I wish I could take back because it was kind of, I don't know, it was a, not a tantrum, but it was kind of like, you guys aren't chiming in, Wah! you know, and so, and somebody just said, hey, you know, look at this. There's, they've got all sorts of resources and that was kind of great, which then put me back on the path and I still do that podcast. So, um, but anytime it's not fun, if it's really not fun, um, that's when I think it's, I think it comes through probably on the microphone. Um, I'm really close to that with my very first podcast. I've been doing the Musicians Cooler, which is now the Marketing Musician Podcast. I actually changed the name of it. And I've actually been doing that topic for close to 12 years now. And I've, I think I've just said as much as I can about that. So we're getting close on that one. But that's where 
um, I, I changed the format. I actually went to the audience and, and said, I'm going to have an open mic night since it's a musician podcast. I said, if you'd like to kind of co-host an episode or host one, um, feel free to send me an MP3 file. So we've had a couple of people take me up on that. So I'm always willing to try anything. So what would you have done differently along the way of your podcasting with any of your podcasts? And think of this from the perspective of those people out there who are just starting their podcast and you want them to avoid making the mistakes you made or you want to help them make the successes you made. What what would you have done differently? I would probably, and I'm actually trying to go back and do this now, make some sort of spreadsheet of my episodes because one of the things I've learned is the search mechanism inside of WordPress is not very good. So if you're thinking, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, let me go out to my website and do a search. It's probably not going to find it. <laughs> uh, and so that – I wish I had some sort of mechanism where I could say, you know, episode one, here's the title, you know, some keywords in it or something that I could then go back later and search that database to say, have I, you know, how many times have I talked about feed burner, you know, or something like that. Uh, that would be be great. I also uh, didn't do what I do now where like if you want to listen to episode 350, it's you know, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 350. I didn't do that when I started out. So I'm in the process of going back and doing that because it is interesting to go back and look at the stats of how many people you know, dial in because the only time I, I say that is, is when I'm actually doing the episode. So that's the only way they, they hear that link. I mean in some ways I got lucky because when I first started – Lipson had just started, and so I wasn't really thinking about trying to do it for free. Mm-hmm. So I kind of bypassed that. I did go through – I think I'm on my fourth microphone at this point. I mean I started out with an Audio-Technica 3035 because um, – That's a lavalier, isn't it? No, you're right. What am I thinking? It's 30 uh, – it's the one that Scott Plummer used, okay. <laughs> and it's a, a really nice – condenser microphone because this announcer guy who just sounded awesome had one. Well, he's also in a soundproof booth and I soon learned that condenser microphones um, aren't that great. And so then I switched to the Shure SM, uh, yeah, the SM58 and then that led to, actually I guess I'm on three microphones. No, then I had an Audio-Technica 2020 for a while, um, which I forget why I went to that one because I had the other one. I guess I was just trying that one out for a while. So I've gone through a couple of different ones. And then like right now I'm talking into an ATR 2100 just because I'm on Skype. Uh, and the uh, the one I use the most is the Electro Voice RE320. But I got that through a, a barter system with the manufacturer. They said – I said if I talk about it for a month, can I have one for free? And they went, OK. <laughs> so that saved me 300 bucks. Uh, but um, – so that would be one. I, I know – there's a lot of, you know, the blue uh, snowball and, and the Yeti is, is not horrible, but all those are condenser microphones, so I would avoid that. And then when I first started out, I wasn't even using WordPress. I was using uh, Dreamweaver and a program called Feed for All for my RSS feed. So I'd actually, I would update my website and then have to basically take that same exact information and put it into my RSS feed. And that's when somebody said, have you ever heard of WordPress? And I'm like, what's a WordPress? And when I saw it and they said, yeah, when you update your website, you update your RSS feed. And I was like, sold. I'm so done with this dual, you know, double uh, the work kind of thing. So those would be some other things. Stick with WordPress. Uh, I would avoid trying to podcast for free. I know it's, you know, we would love it if it was free. But I help a lot of people off of free systems that have completely just made their life miserable. Yeah, it's even for those people looking to start a hobby. Well, really, would you try and start any other hobby with no money? That's I always say, you know, if you go bowling, go bowling this weekend and see how much money you spend. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. And I'm like, come on, it's, you know, 20 bucks a month. It's not that big a deal. I, I think what appeals to people there is that it can be done for free, but free right. comes with a cost. And that is time and knowledge and complication and all of that. Right. So uh, now looking at your site, schoolofpodcasting.com, you run several things through your site. You've got the um, regular training program that people can join to receive information about how to podcast, all the information they need to podcast. You host your podcast. You also put out these monthly income reports, which are really handy to see. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about those. Well, I got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, There's a guy named Pat Flynn who does the Smart Passive Income. And I've been a fan of 
Pat before he had a podcast. I was reading his blog and it's really just – he's a great example of just great content. And he always just completely pulled back the curtain and was like, here's what I made this month. And uh, this is a guy – I think his worst month in 2012 was $47,000 for the month. <laughs> and uh, I, was, I always thought that was really, really cool and it was just social proof. So I uh, wrote a book last year called More Podcast Money that just went over some of the strategies that people use to monetize their podcast. And I thought, well, you know, I should probably provide some social proof and I'm just going to go all Pat Flynn. And so I just started – Say at the end of the month, it's kind of a hassle when you go back and you're like, okay, how much did I do consulting and how many, you know, what did I get on book sales and and how much did I get from my membership sites? Because I have a couple membership sites and just added it all up and said, okay, here's what I'm doing. I'm working Monday, Thursday, and Saturday, and uh, this is how much money I make. So, uh, yeah, last month was was good because I found a uh, a client that um, it's it's actually interesting. They're a marketing firm, and I'm kind of getting whitelisted. In other words, I do all the work and they take all the credit. And at first I wasn't sure if I was going to be okay with that, but I thought, well, wait a minute, I'm still helping people. I'm mm-hmm. still answering questions. Um, I'm helping in this case, a, a business thrive, uh, which is helping my business thrive. And I went, okay, yeah, I guess I'm okay with that with, if I don't get the credit. But uh, so it, that boosted my uh, income a lot last month. So and that could be a great opportunity for other podcasters, I think, considering that same kind of thing of basically white-labeling themselves, being a contractor for another company who can provide your service. It's a great outside-of-the-box thinking. Well, and I always try to you know, develop a relationship with all of my clients and just listen. And so on occasion, somebody you – know, when I first started out, I was teaching people how to do it all themselves. And then finally somebody said, well – what if I just want to create the content? Um, could you just do, can I record it? And then you just put it together. And I went, okay. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought of that, but like, okay. So I have a lot of people that just, I just want to do the content. Can I throw it in a Dropbox and you do the editing and all that tagging thing and the lips and stuff and whatever. I'll just, I'll write a blog post and I'll record it. You just do the rest. And I was like, okay. So I have, I always tell people I can do as little as you need or as much as you need. I have one person, he's a, uh, sight impaired. So he can actually, he's a recording engineer. He does all the audio, but because of, uh, I think it's something in WordPress or Lipson or something where it's not quite super um, sight impaired friendly. And so he can do everything except the very last step. So he hires me for like a minute and a half every month to uh, copy his uh, Lipson link and put it into his blog. Now you've got several podcasts. And you have on your monthly income reports, which are really cool to see, like you said, it's that social proof. You break down the income that each podcast generates. Mm -hmm. For anyone else out there who's running multiple podcasts or websites, this would be helpful to know, how is it that you're separating that and tracking what each podcast is generating? Um, There are a couple things. Number one, in Amazon, I have, uh, there are, I forget what they're called, but you can basically create a code for each podcast. So then on each website, you can put a link to Amazon, but it also identifies that it came from that particular podcast. Like for the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, I think it's Logical 20. For whatever reason, Amazon tacks the word 20 at the end of it. And so that will identify that um, on my Audible stuff, uh, which I don't promote a ton of. There are things in their affiliate program where you can creates a a code so it identifies where the link came from. So I get one link, but I think they're called campaigns. You can create a code for that. And then in some cases, I can just see what people ordered. So for my weekly web tools, a lot of uh, the things I spotlight are from affiliate networks. So whether it's uh, ClickBank or um, Commission Junction, um, most of those have some sort of way of identifying what website they're associated with. So there are some things that I have no idea, like um, my older stuff with Audible, I just had one link. So if it comes in and it's just, hey, somebody signed up for Audible, I'm like, oh, great. I have no idea where that came from, but in the end, I don't care. But if I see a lot of uh, Jillian Michaels stuff, I know that came from the Jillian Michaels podcast. And so I can kind of tell based on what it is. But then there are things like baby strollers at Amazon that I'm like, okay, where did that come from? (laughs) And you can go into Amazon and run a report based on the ID number and see how many clicks you got, how many orders you had, how much revenue you brought in. 
And what's really cool about that, Amazon's unfortunately their affiliate payout is I think only 4%. But if you get enough people to order through Amazon, uh, it goes up to 6 which again is still not a huge number, but it's better than 4 And so if you get all your podcasts kind of chiming in, and that seems to be a, a theme that's going on. Some of the top podcasters now have figured out that, hey, if people are going to buy through Amazon anyway, if they can go through your website – and so I followed suit on on that and have been promoting it a little more. And it's pennies make make dollars the last time I checked. So that's that's how I separate it is through those and then through what it's purchased. And you know, I try to track everything basically for number one so I can track the income. But also I track to see did anybody click on that? So is this something that helps me gauge is my audience interested in that? Because if I uh, – you know, talk about something, and I really think they're going to get into it. And then I go out and see, wow, the the clicks are nowhere near. You know, the other things I've talked about. I'm like, well, maybe maybe they're not interested in that. So that's another reason why I do that. Where do you see that being the most effective? Is it mentions in your podcast, a link in your show notes, a banner on the side? Uh, probably in the in the show notes. Obviously, the other thing I do is all of my. Uh, podcasts I have set up through AWeber to be a email list and they always say, you know, the money's in the the email list and I believe that's probably true. Um, I don't have a ton of email subscribers, but I I can go in and see that people click in the email so that definitely drives some traffic that way. I think show notes are helpful and that's one of the reasons why I started making it easier for people to get to my show notes by saying, you know, schoolofpodcasting.com/whatever-the-number is and so Anytime you can make it easy for your audience to get to what you want them to get to, uh, that's a bonus. So definitely I think the show notes are probably second to that. And I, from what I've seen, things that are strictly audio, it, that's, that's one of the hurdles of podcasting is how do I get the guy on the treadmill to remember the thing I want him to remember so when he gets back in front of a computer. So I do see people use those links that are audio only because I do on purpose uh, occasionally – say something and I, I put notes to this. Do not put this on the website so I can see who's mm-hmm. doing that. So people do that, uh, do use those. Not as uh, much, obviously, you always want them to use it more than you think. But I'm always like, you know, is this even worth me making the, the pretty link? And people do click on them. So, uh, but they, that's basically probably the show notes and then my email list and, uh, and then, you know, from people hearing it. Where do you see podcasting going uh, in the industry? Well, I, Hopefully, I think everything says it's going up. Uh, I see it going into cars. I, I see eventually somehow, and I'm not sure if it's going to be something like Stitcher. There are There's another competitor to Stitcher that's kind of smoldering and, and trying to get going on that. So I, I see a competitor to that. So we're going to have some sort of streaming radio. And I think with RSS, people are going to be able to be added to maybe networks like a, a tune-in type of website where people can just, you know, add those to it. And I see, you know, things like maybe, I don't know about boom boxes, because those are kind of so passe at this point, but just having the ability to get podcasting out to people. I know some people are excited about being on like Roku boxes and, and desktop sets and things like that. And to me, I'm not sure how many people are listening to podcasts on those. Maybe they're watching on that. But to me, when I see Stitcher and things like that, I'm like, okay, we need more of that so that instead of waking up to you know, Binky and the Wiz on your morning radio show, you can start waking up to podcasts. So I, I love the fact now that uh, with uh, the podcast app, it still needs some improvement, but that's making it easy. I actually um, was speaking with uh, Rob from Libsyn uh, last week, and he informed me that 51% of uh, their downloads now are going directly – to a portable device, whether it be an iPad, an iPhone, or whatever it is. So everything's going more and more portable, and they're, they're cutting the cord even more. So, And when I saw the Edison report where there are more and more people streaming in the car, so I think it's just going it, to – it's unfortunately, it's just slow that it is slowly migrating into the car and into you know, people's living rooms and things like that. But I also love the fact you know, if we go back to you know, what it was like to be the first person – you know, I explained over and over and over what a podcast is to people because they just had no clue. And I don't have to do that quite as often as I used to in the past. So I think it's just going to slowly migrate to where, you know, people will just be streaming it on any kind of device, whether it's their phone, their computer, you know, their watch probably eventually. 
<laughs> yeah, certain rumors are true yeah. of an Apple yeah. device coming out. Yeah. Now, I want to geek out with you a bit because we, we both host podcasts about podcasting. We've been uh, co-hosts on Podcasters Roundtable, and we love talking about podcasting, and so do our audiences. Tell me about your equipment that you use. What's your favorite tool? Some of your favorite tools that you couldn't live without are what do you love? What do you want to get? What are you drooling to get? Tell me about some of that stuff. Uh, well, right now, my favorite piece of equipment is the ATR2100 microphone, and I love it for this very reason. I thought it was cool because it was USB and it sounded good, and it's – what is it now? $40, $37? It's $35. Really, yeah, you can't beat it. And what I love about it in addition to that is right now I'm using it as a USB microphone going into Skype out to Daniel, but it's also going out via the standard XLR into my mixer, which is going into my portable recorder. So I can actually do a double ender where I'm isolating my vocal and just go out to Daniel uh, at the same time and be kind of traditional Skype call. So I love the fact that it's not only a dual purpose, but it can do dual at the same time. So it's, it adds that versatility. Where are you plugged in with your headphones? My headphones are plugged into the microphone right now. Okay. I only just discovered that recently because I've been investigating the microphone a whole lot more to do a review on it finally. Mm -hmm. And I just discovered that. And it just blew me away that, wow, this is awesome. They even thought of this. Yeah. And then it's, there's a little volume knob actually on the, the back of the microphone. So if you can't hear it, you can actually, it's not the most convenient place for a, a volume knob. I would have liked it better on the front, but then you'd probably be hitting it with your thumb or something like that. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's, that's probably right now you know, I use my my Electro Voice when I I you know do my podcast, but there are a lot of times when I just grab it's just kind of an all purpose uh, one in doubt. I just grab the twenty one hundred; it'll it'll get you through. Uh, I would like to get a better compressor. I have uh, I'm dusting off here. I have a DBX two eighty six A preamp, and I recently started doing a podcast with my wife. And everything I had was for one person. Uh, yeah. So it's like, oh, I need a kind of a stereo or multi kind of purpose compressor limiter gate kind of thing. Because that's the other thing I found out. When you have two people and two microphones, if I have a gate, that's fine because it's cutting out my voice. But when she talks um, or she's picking up my voice through her. So that's a whole other ballgame when you have multiple people and you have to kind of sit – far enough apart so you don't get mic bleed, but not so far apart that you can't hear what each other is saying and that whole nine yards. So, uh, and I guess eventually I would like to get a high LPR 40. I, I talked to uh, Nick Suberling uh, this week and we were talking about how the Ohio is great. It's awesome. It sounds great, but we are, we have realized that you can podcast without it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is possible. So I guess, you know, if I was making a Christmas list, uh, that would be it. And then I, I still eventually someday I'm going to be cool enough to own a Mac. Hmm. <laughs> right now I'm all, all PC and uh, I still think by the end of uh, 2013 I'll be on a Mac some way or another. So that's that's my Christmas list at this point. Well, you're getting there. You're on an iPhone now, right? Yeah, that's basically the one that I, I – when I switched from an Android to an iPhone and I saw the exact same apps on an Android on an iPhone and saw that A, in many cases um, – a novel idea. They worked, and then they had more features, and I just got to see the the slickness that is Apple, and I was like, oh, so this is why they're fanboys. And uh, yeah, so I'm a big iPhone guy now. So I, their, their podcast app drives me crazy because it doesn't delete my played podcast, oh, so I have yeah. to manually go in and, and delete those, but I'm sure they'll get that fixed eventually. Yeah, that they... Yeah, I've reported that a couple times, and so have many other people. And now, are you... Are you a person that's using Pocket Casts? No, actually, I'm using the Podcast app on my phone okay. um, because I want my subscriptions to count toward people's iTunes ratings, and um, it's it's built in. It's very seamless with the iOS operating mm -hmm. system. I I think it works well enough, and also it's free. Yeah, there you go. That's always a bonus. Yeah the the uh, thing that converted me from an Android phone to an iPhone was actually podcasts because I had a little iPod Nano, one of those little fat boy iPod Nanos when they were so big on, you can now play video on your iPod, your tiny little iPod, which they then quickly <laughs> removed. But um, that's the iPod I got. And I was listening to podcasts on that. So I'd synchronize it with iTunes. But then my wife's little MP3 player died. So I gave her my iPod and I didn't want to try listening to podcasts through my 
Android phone because it just wouldn't synchronize with um, iTunes. So then I was using my iPad to play podcasts and lugging that around in the car all the time just to listen to a podcast didn't quite work. But the iOS experience on the iPad and also the fact that I wanted to be able to conveniently listen to podcasts on the go are actually what the major two points that converted me to an iPhone. There you go. Awesome. What What's some of the software that you use? Many podcasters have this little piece of software, WordPress plugin that is just a diamond to them. What's something like that that you have? Uh See, this is where it's it's nothing new. I mean, I use PowerPress as like the the big – that's that. I like – I've been playing with WordPress SEO, which is a um, – because there's a great uh, plug-in. It's, it's premium called Scribe and it will basically grade your post and kind of say you, – you type in a keyword, what you think kind of the main idea of the post is and then you type in your post and your words and your tags and it will basically then give you a grade and say, well, based on this – you get a B. You should probably, you know, your post isn't long enough. You need more words or you need to mention your keyword more, things like that. And I, I kind of listen to that, but I kind of don't because I'm always writing my post for a person, not for a robot. Yeah. Um, so there's one called, um, it's, I believe it's just called SEO for WordPress or WordPress SEO. It's by a guy named Yoast yeah. and uh, rhymes with toast. And uh, it's free and it basically does the same thing or very similar to it. So I've been playing with that. I was using all-in-one SEO, uh, but for so that's basically my my WordPress tool at this point. And um, for software, I I'm using uh, Audition uh, from Adobe, and I'm actually looking into because uh, I actually got that from a a listener as well. They switched from a Mac, and at the time uh, they didn't. Uh, they switched from a PC to a Mac, and there wasn't at the time a a Mac version of Audition. They've since changed that. And they just called me and they said, hey, I have a legitimate copy of Audition if you want it. And I'm like, $300 software for free? Sure. So I'm now actually looking into uh, doing the online program that they have where you pay 20 bucks a month because they have since upgraded it, I think, uh, a time and a half since I've uh, used that. So I, I used that software. Before that, I used uh, Sony Music Studio, which I just looked the other day, and it's like $40. And it's really uh, great software for audio editing. It's it's super powerful. Um, I've used Audacity in the past. I still use it just to kind of keep my chops up so I can help people. Um, so those are the the main software for audio editing. And then I use um, Sony SoundForge if I'm if I have a client who really wants me to do a kind of you know uh, what's the word scalpel type editing where I'm cutting out ums and you knows and that type of thing. I'll I'll use that as well. And I I like that software because you can actually speed it up. So I can actually – I'm pretty good at listening to things at about 1.75 speed. Yeah. Uh, so that's another great tool that I use. Now, does that program turn the voices into chipmunks just like Audacity does? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit of both. It's not quite as bad as Audacity but um, to the point where I can still listen to it. But that really comes in handy. Yeah, I listen to all of my podcasts at 2x speed. Yeah, it's amazing how – I don't know if people are just pausing a lot in between their sentences or what, but uh, there are a lot of people that either talk really slow or I think it's just the fact that the brain can keep up. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of funny now that when I meet people, I'm starting to get this impression that, wow, you talk a lot slower than I thought you did. It is. It's always funny when you when you you know go through the speed settings and you take it back to one, they sound drunk. Oh, yeah. They were, they were talking like this and all of a sudden now they're talking like this and you're like, wow, what's what's the deal? How many podcasts do you subscribe to? Oh, great question. Um, and, you know, you can probably guess what's going to come next. I'm going to turn something around on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to get, let me see here. Um, oh, it's got to be over 70. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it just, because I, I just added a bunch that I just started listening to. And I'm, I, yeah, easy 70 plus. And I actually, there's some of these that have pod faded. Like, um, as I scroll down here, I see Podcast Goddess. She hasn't put out an episode in a long time. Um, here's one, Steve Sloan White's Marketing Minute, I think. He hasn't put out an episode in a while. So I'm a, a very forgiving person. If you don't podcast regularly, I will, uh, you know, the business uh, of writing today, that's my buddy, uh, uh, Peggy, and, uh, oh, God, I'm drawing a blank. Larry. Larry, Larry thank yeah. you. <laughs> Larry and Peggy Decay. Um, you know, they haven't put out an episode in a little while, but that's okay. They're working on a uh, – a convention. So they're a little busy right now. So 
there are a lot that are in here, uh, especially about podcasting. There are plenty of podcasts about podcasting that just don't put out episodes anymore. And so I'm faithful. I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, you know they're going to come back. So probably, realistically, they're putting out material, probably 60. So now I'm going to turn your question <laughs> back on you. What are the last five podcasts that you've listened to? All right. I got a, one is it's called Small Business Marketing. Um, it's at smallbusinessmarketing.com. It's Australia's number one small business marketing. That's uh, one. I, I've just started putting in a bunch of marketing podcasts. Uh, another one brand new is called Mixergy. And it's uh, just the way it sounds. Uh, it's basically interviews with um, startups. So it's people that uh, you know are starting businesses and kind of their marketing aspect of it. Um, Entreproducer is by the guy who does Genesis and Scribe and Copyblogger and all that, kind of the same thing, interviewing um, entrepreneurs. And I love this guy. I had no idea he had a podcast. How many had? Is that three? Uh, I'm not keeping track. No, that's four if we count entrepreneurs. Sir. If you've never heard of Zig Ziglar, Zig Ziglar is this old guy from Alabama, and he's got kind of those things where that's stinkier than a work hog on a thing. You know, it's like, what? It's like – Dr. Phil meets, uh, you know, the Duck Dynasty kind of thing. Um, but it's called Inspiring Words of Encouragement. And it's just – it's hard to explain that podcast because unfortunately Zig Ziglar died last year. Mm-hmm. And he's he's a great sales trainer, but it's not just sales. It's, it's, it's kind of weird because you listen to it and it's great marketing lessons, but it's nothing – it's just kind of common sense that, hey, that would make sense. If you can explain to somebody how they would benefit from your product, they might buy it. You know, And it's like, okay, that's nothing new. But the way he says it is very entertaining and he's got a great approach. And I let my wife listen to it the one day and she goes, does that guy ever breathe? Because it's just – he just spews information <laughs> over and over. So inspiring words of encouragement with uh, Zig Ziglar. That's his actual name. Awesome. Yeah, and I'll have, for uh, my listeners' benefit, I'll have the list of these and other things that you mentioned in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 122. Now, you mentioned that Entree Producer one, and that's one that as soon as we finish talking, I'm going to subscribe to that because I love what they do at Studio Press and uh, Copy Blogger and many of their products that they work with and put out. So I'm definitely subscribing to that one. It's it's interesting because uh, I can't remember the host's name, the guy that wrote the software. Again, I just started listening to it, and I heard about that from a guy on my podcast. So it's, it, this is the exact reason why we do the last five and five. <laughs> he told me about it, and I'm telling you about it. There's no intro music. There's no kind of fancy fanfare. So if you think – the, one of the reasons I kind of went, wow, that's different, is it just starts off and it says, hey, in today's entrepreneur, we're going to talk to so-and-so, and they just start talking. It, there's no big fanfare and contact information and all the typical kind of things you have in an intro. And I was like, well, that's kind of different. But then again, uh, I guess if I'm the guy from Copy Blogger, I, I don't need to drive copy or traffic to my website. I got enough. Yeah. Well, Dave Jackson, I really appreciate your coming on the Audacity Podcast and sharing with us from your experience. Tell us about where people can find you and what you're doing and give us a little clue of what might be coming in 2013 for School of Podcasting. Uh, yes, you can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com is uh, where you can find my podcast. I occasionally blog at davidjackson.org. Uh, and what's coming in the future, uh, it seems to be a uh, – uh, a trend because I know you're doing webinars now and I plan on doing uh, some webinars in the future because uh, some people like consulting, the one-on-one consulting. Some people like my step-by-step tutorials, but I do have those people in the middle are like, well, can we do kind of a webinar you know, group thing? I've had people ask for that. So it's something I'm working on. So probably somewhere uh, you know, late summer, I'll probably have uh, all the materials ready and things like that. So that's uh, what's coming in the future. My last episode, you'll be hearing another guy talking about podcasting. I'll be interviewing Nick from uh, Start uh, Podcast over at startpodcastingnow.com. He'll be on talking about uh, why you should podcast even if other people are doing a podcast like yours. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good one because you and I are technically competitors and Nick is from Start Podcasting is also kind of technically a podcast a competitor. But I love how we're working together. We're not treating this as like I want to beat you. 
but <laughs> we're friends working together, co-hosting some podcasts together, like Podcasters Roundtable. Well, and it, it's to me, A, life is too short to to hold grudges and, and things like that. And I had a, a, a comment on my website that basically said, see, I think everybody's like me. So I listen to every podcast about podcasting, but – you know, somebody that's doing a podcast and they listen to me or they listen to you and they learn, they might be doing a podcast about farming and they're listening to like 27 farming podcasts, but they only listen to one podcast. So I realized that, uh, you know, there are uh, plenty, there's plenty of room and uh, I learn from everybody. You know, I love Nick's podcast because he's, he's doing a cool rapid fire thing that I, I've never thought of. And uh, it gives it, it shows his personality and his flavor and kind of where he comes from. So to me, we've all got uh, different tastes and, and different uh, skills and things like that. And, you know, I just – this week I uh, sent somebody your way because I know you work in WordPress multi-site and that's just not my cup of tea. And I said, I know somebody who can help you though. Oh, and, uh, OK. That – I've got to bring that up because this I think is an awesome story. <laughs> OK. Um, yeah, you sent someone to me that I actually already knew and I had met this person – um, his name is Justin. I'd met him several years ago. We used to be members of a 3D animators group. We use this computer program called Animation Master, which I think is still around. And it's uh, produced some pretty popular videos out there on the internet. Um, and many people have used Animation Master and then gone on to jobs at Pixar and uh, Big Idea and other major companies. And this guy, Justin and I were animators and we met and he's even helped me with a couple projects before. And he was working at one of these big animation places for a little while. And then I went my separate way. He went his separate way. We started working on other stuff. And then I'm listening to School of Podcasting one day and you read an email or maybe it was a voicemail in from this guy named Justin and it was the same guy. And he was referring to something about his animation and I thought, no way. That, is that really the same guy that I knew several years ago? So I, I looked up through my contact list, found an email address for him, or maybe went to his website and emailed him and said, you won't believe this, but I just heard you on this podcast and I'm hosting a podcast over here too. And awesome to hear your, your voice again and see that you're still into animation. And then now about a year later from that, then you send me an email connecting he and I together again for uh, some WordPress help. So there this, you go. The stuff of what podcasting has done is just awesome to connect like that with people. There you go. People, uh, I always say, you know, birds of a feather flock together. So you'll probably, you know, generate people and attract people that are very much like you. And uh, in this case, we did. And uh, it was funny when I, I got your email saying, hey, I, I already know this guy. I've known him for a while. I'm like, oh, there you go. That's even better. Yeah, it was cool. Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining me. And everyone should check out schoolofpodcasting.com. And all of these resources and stuff that you mentioned will be in the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 122. And if you could give one tiny tip to someone out there who is thinking about starting a podcast, what would your tip be? Number one, start and aim at the the highest you can aim, but realize if you shoot for perfect and you miss, you will probably end on pretty good. Hmm. So just just do it. Quit planning. Just just do it. Just do it. (laughs) Thank you. Dave Jackson, thank you so much. Thank you. It was great to have Dave Jackson on the Audacity to Podcast and then hear from him on his experience having podcasted in a single niche for over 300 episodes, now over 350 episodes. So this has been a great conversation. I hope you benefited from this too. You can check out the links and information that he mentioned in the show notes for this episode at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 122. Now I've got a couple things that I want to share with you quickly. Some cool things going on. Coming up on April 27th, I have the Learn WordPress webinar, and you can sign up for that at learnwpress.com. This is where I will teach you how to use WordPress, the difference between pages and posts, tags and categories, and more. Whether you're using WordPress for blogging or for podcasting, you'll learn how to use WordPress effectively and really make a great website do what you want it to do by using WordPress. 
That's on April 27th, and you can find out more at learnwpress.com. And I also have the Learn Audacity webinar coming up on Saturday, May 18th. And both of these are at noon Eastern Daylight Time on their respective dates. And you can learn more about the Learn Audacity webinar by going to learnaudacity.com. Both of these classes will be $100 each, but if you'd like to register for both of them together, then it would be $175 instead of $200 for both sessions. So if you want to go to both, then let me know. Or if you go to one and then later on decide you want to go to the other one as well, then I'll still give you that discount. Just let me know what you're planning on doing. You can email me, or if you want to just sign up for one of those webinars, go ahead and go over to learnwpress.com or learnaudacity.com to sign up for those. And those websites will always have the latest information on the upcoming webinars and any applicable products when I turn this into a training product that you'll be able to download and watch at your convenience. Also, I'm trying a new chat room over at noodle.mx slash live. I do the Audacity to Podcast live on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's GMT minus 4 and I've been using a chat room called Cbox that you can check out at cbox.ws. That's cbox.ws. But in a recent live stream test that Dave Jackson was doing, I heard him mention Chatwing, which is at chatwing.com. And I checked this out and I was amazed at this chat room. A beautiful looking chat room works really well. And I've now integrated it already into Noodle Mix or uh, the Audacity to Podcast. And this is a great chat room that it flows really smoothly. It works great on mobile platforms like iOS devices. If you ever looked at my live streaming page before on an iOS device, then you probably saw that the chat room was horrendously long and just completely messed up the page layout. Well, now this chat room stays the size it's supposed to be. It works great on mobile, works great on desktop. I can zoom in on it. You can log into this chat room with social accounts like Facebook, Twitter, Google, Yahoo, if you care about that. You can be a guest on the chat room. You can log in with a chat wing account, or you can, um, as a guest, you can have your little icon picture, just pick something from their list. Or if you log in with a social account or create an account on chatwing.com, then you get to have your own profile picture and that shows up in the chat room. I really like this the way this is working. So you can check out noodle.mx slash live if you want to just see how I'm incorporating this into my site. And I am a premium member of their service. They have a great free service though. Pretty much the only difference so far between the premium and the free is that the free version has the Chatween logo in a bunch of places, and you can't quite customize everything about the chat room, but it still works really well, and you get that same great, amazing functionality from it. I'll be giving this a more thorough review, probably in a video episode sometime soon as I continue playing with this, but I know my chat room uh, right now, as I've been recording this live, have really liked this chat room, and it's great to see people's faces in the chat. And the premium premium plans for this chat room aren't quite set in stone yet what that cost will be, but it is definitely going to be affordable, probably not even more than your web hosting bill. So I really like what I'm seeing with Chatwing, and you can check them out at chatwing.com. And if you sign up for them and like them, then email them and let them know that I sent you. I don't get any payment, any referral fee or anything like that. I just like to them to know that I'm sending people to them to try out their service because I've been really impressed by their service. And I'm, I'm thinking this is what I'm going to stick with for now on the site. Um, something else ch- live streaming related that a couple slight disappointments. Some things I've been playing with recently are video live streaming. And I've previously said Livestream.com is great because you can embed it and you don't get content interrupting advertisements like you do with Ustream. Well, that's with the old Livestream. The new Livestream, you cannot embed on your website unless you have a premium channel. And the way that they do their channels and shows are really kind of odd. You can't just have a single embed code, put that on your page and leave it. You have to update your embed codes all the time for each thing that you're putting out. So it's a little bit cumbersome. 
and it you can't embed it with the free plan. That's the thing. Ustream, you can embed the free plan, but they do have the content interrupting ads. I've talked with Ustream and I've begged them to try and remove those and look at different ways to doing it. It's possible if you have a large enough audience, you may be able to ask them to remove the mid-roll or content interrupting ads, but don't count on that. In my testing, because I've considered switching back to Ustream uh, because they have removed the mid-roll ads for me, but in my testing on my computer, I found that the Ustream producer app uses a lot more of my CPU than the Livestream Procaster app does. So I'm still doing some more testing there and figuring things out. And Mixler, my preferred solution for audio-only streaming, I discovered that you can no longer embed the Mixler player on a website with the free Mixler membership. You now have to pay, which works out to be about $8 per month, US dollars per month, if you want to be able to embed the live streaming player on your site. I'm grandfathered into this, so I still have live streaming embed abilities on my site, but I did notice it doesn't work as well on a mobile platform as it used to work. Now you can't just press play and it play inside the browser on a mobile device. It opens a new tab and it takes you to the Mixler tab. So I'm a little disappointed with that. I'm looking into maybe some other options like setting up my own IceCast server. Uh, Dave Jackson from School of Podcasting has been playing with Spreaker and even Blog Talk Radio and some other services. So uh, the industry is changing and people are seeing that the, the companies that provide the live streaming are seeing that. So I'm trying to see what I need to do with ch- to change with it, to still get a great quality product that works on a responsive web design site and also works on mobile platforms. So I'll update you more on that in the future as I have more details about that. But you can check out what I'm doing over at the slash live and see how the technology is in play there on that site. And watch when I do the Audacity to Podcast live on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's GMT minus four at theaudacitypodcast.com slash live. I really appreciate the iTunes review I received recently from Yo-Yo Boys in Australia. The iTunes reviews that I've received are always encouraging and it helps other people find the podcast. So if you haven't left a review yet and you'd like to leave a review, then please go to theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes to leave a rating and especially a written review. Those are what really mean a lot to me. And I appreciate everyone who's left a review. And if you'd like to leave one, I'd also appreciate it if you go to my video edition as well, theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes video to leave a review there. And that's my other assignment for you. I've said this many times before, but Dave brought it up in his uh, conversation. He said that seeing those reviews or that feedback really meant a lot and helped keep him going. So think about the podcast you listen to and consider, it may sound like the host is extremely passionate about the topic and they're going to keep going, but go review them on iTunes. Leave them a nice five-star rating and a written review, and you could be the one that reignites the passion in their minds for the topic that they're podcasting about. And they realize that, yes, people are listening to me. I'm going to keep doing this. And that could be because of your iTunes review. So go out there and review someone else's podcast. Leave them a nice five-star rating and review, and I'm sure they'll be grateful for it. If you'd like to send any questions or feedback for me to address on future episodes of the Audacity Podcast, or if you even want to give me a tip like a podcasting tip or Audacity tip that you'd like to share to the audience, then you can email written or, since you're a podcaster, recorded feedback to feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com, or you can call 903-231-2221 and leave a voice message there, or go to theaudacitypodcast.com and very conveniently click or tap on send a voice message on your iOS device or computer and record a message right from your computer and send it to me that way. I'm especially looking for some video questions that I can answer in video, short video 
episodes. So let me know what you think, what your feedback is, and I'd love to have your comments on what Dave shared in this episode of the Audacity to Podcast. Please comment on the show notes over at the Audacity to Podcast com and send in your feedback for future episodes by emailing feedback at the audacity to podcast.com or call 903-231-2221. So you can check out the show notes for this episode at the audacity to podcast.com. Check out Dave Jackson at school of podcasting.com and you can follow him on Twitter at learn to podcast. And you can follow me on twitter.com slash the Roman noodle. And I'm available for one-on-one consulting. My schedule is quickly getting booked with people needing help with podcasting and WordPress and other issues to make their podcast a success. If you'd like to hire me to help you bring your podcast to success, then check out theaudacitypodcast.com slash consulting to request an appointment. And we can see what we can do to help you be a success in your podcasting. I've also got some great video content coming up very soon. So watch on YouTube and the video edition of the Audacity Podcast. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you so much for listening. The Audacity Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcast to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. And we've got a new podcast joining the network very soon about science fiction and philosophy. So you'll want to watch for that at noodle.mx, or you can get the download by going to scifishow.com. That's S-C-I-P-H-I show.com. And that will soon be at noodle.mx. MX. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcast.com and check out the recent National Association of Broadcasters convention coverage at tpn.tv.